So we are back another weekend and another weekend to get a little crazy. Yes. Are you walking, watching the Kentucky Derby while listening to Inside the Crazy <laughs> Ant Farm? Oh my goodness, so much happening. We got to say Cinco de Mayo. Oh my goodness, so much stuff happened this past May week. May the 4th be with you. May like, the 4th oh. be with you. I mean, just not, I mean, just endless amounts of things, guys. It's been absolutely <laughs> amazing, but we have an amazing show for you guys this week. Stay tuned for more guests, not this week. Not next week, but man, oh man, the one we're coming back with is, ooh boy, it's a good one. It's from a huge Marvel TV show. (laughs) Just giving a little tease right Mm -hmm. now. It might have just ended, aka (coughs) Moon Knight. Um, But man, oh man, we're super excited about that. She's actually one of our previous guests. So let's see if y'all can play Process of Elimination and find out who that is. I'll give you a clue. She's rather godly. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's going to be a crazy show, but today is also going to be a crazy show. So let's get this thing started. boy what's up everybody we are back episode 193 of inside the crazy ant farm you know your host with the most myself j-lo fantastic and the one and only mouth what's up guys there's a lot going down in hollywood and there's a lot going down in washington dc that might affect the entertainment industry don't know what we're talking about well we will talk about it and deep dive into how it will affect the entertainment industry as a whole if this thing happens and of course before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear you see us rocking it right now podcast merch we got film merch we got it all guys and we have anything and everything for you your grandmother your aunt your son your niece anybody in your family That's can be right. rocking that suit crazy granny ant. up in the crazy ant gear exactly man exactly we have the ability to get you shoes now so i mean come on Come on, rock those crazy ant shoes. But man, oh man, what I was teasing about a little bit earlier Mm. is going to be very freaking interesting. And we're talking about Roe v. Wade versus Washington and the government, or at least, you know, the right side. Uh, Earlier this week, a memo was leaked showing that the Supreme Court majority has signed on to a decision that would overturn Roe v. Wade, the 1973 opinion protecting the rights to abortion. Now, why does this story lead into the industry nuke segment, you asked? Because it could have huge ramifications on our industry. Remember back in 2019, all of the major entertainment studios spoke out against the Georgia's heartbeat abortion bill, saying that uh, in the entertainment industry would rethink their production plans in the state if the law ever yep. went into effect. Well, the Georgia law, which would outlaw abortions as early as six weeks into pregnancy, has been on hold pending the outcome of the Supreme Court's decision. Uh, If this leaked draft opinion becomes final, the Georgia law would be allowed to take effect. Georgia is a massive hub for the film and television industry. Now, thanks to the state uh, state's subsidy uh, that reached a record of $1.2 billion last year, yeah. several other states, including Louisiana, Kentucky, Texas, and Ohio, have also uh, put in significant film subsidies um, and would also outlaw most abort- abortions if Roe is overturned. Now, 
So far, no entertainment studios has said or said uh, if they will do that if that happens. Uh, but Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Sony declined to even comment on the matter. A Netflix representative uh, could not be reached for a comment, and a Disney spokesperson did not respond to the request for a comment. And the Motion Pictures Association also declined to comment. So I think they are all waiting to see what is going to be the final ruling and how this thing is going to proceed forward but man it's going to piss a lot of people off look first of all and foremost i'm just going to say it chapic this was your chance my man to get out in front of this and condemn this as quickly as possible you sitting on your ass yet once again not willing to make a statement almost all of marvel's films and tv shows are filmed in atlanta y'all just fact if georgia pushes that bill through Mm, this was your chance, dude. You sat on the fucking don't say gay thing. You should have come out. Who cares if the rest of them commented or not? You should have. Disney should have been firm in a response against this if it was true. You fucked up again. That's why the stock is in a nosedive from 187 to fucking 110 currently since you took over, okay? You've got to fucking be on top of that stuff. And as far as, I mean, this is, this is huge. Louisiana looks like they're making a nice resurgence lately. They're currently filming a, a film right now uh, in Lafayette. They've got so much going on in New Orleans currently and in North Louisiana. If this thing goes through in Louisiana also and they put their abortion bill through, that's going to end their nice little resurgence. I mean, this is this is huge. And, and I'm hoping that the studios do come out and make statements against it and try to use their platform. I know we talk about should you or should you not use your platform, but in this case, I absolutely do. These are lifetime appointments on the Supreme Court. It could be 40 plus years from now before we get a chance to undo this if it's done, if we ever can. And I think now is the time to speak up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. You know, now, it's a leak. It has not been confirmed or denied whether that leaked memo is in fact true. The actual vote is in June. We don't know, but sources are saying it does look like it was an aide from uh, Justice Sotomayor's uh, office that potentially maybe sort of leaked it. Uh, I would guess in an attempt to try to court public opinion to change one of the judges' minds, but... Um, these five that <laughs> voted in favor of this are not going to be swayed by public opinion. Um, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, would have been the only one, I think, and he didn't vote for it. Um, so, mm. yeah, it's going to be a very fluid, very developing story that everybody's keeping their eyes on. And this, like, even people that are young in my life, which is very awesome to see, by the way, that they are keeping on top of this on current events, uh, policies, and different things like that. So I think that it, everybody is going to be watching this thing. So we are going to be talking about it. We are going to keep you guys up to date. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a crazy decision to even think about. It's scary. But speaking of scary, Ooh. Right? Ooh, that was a good transition. And by the way, this may or may not be me and JLo Fantastic. We could indeed be variants from another multiverse like i'm just telling you you don't know you don't know we could be sleepwalking we right could now. be we could be sleepwalking <laughs> we could be another variant of our own selves in these bodies controlling this podcast right now you don't know you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about then you're the only person living under a rock who hasn't seen 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, of course, opening this weekend. And it's once again showing that Marvel Studios is unbeatable at the box office. The Disney-owned studio's dominance continued with the latest release racking up, get this... $85.7 million through the first two days of release. Combined with Friday's $90 million haul in domestic theaters, the global total as of this morning was already $175.7 million. Mm putting the superhero sequel on path to become the biggest domestic opening of 2022 so far. That means, yes, even beating Spider-Man and possibly the biggest global opening of the year as well. Now, the MCU entry is likely to outpace early box office predictions, which did have it pegged uh, the second strange with a final total of 162-180 million for the first weekend. Current projections are now indicating the film could likely land a larger tally higher than $200 million once all the numbers are finalized tomorrow and could see a total close of more than $300 million globally for the weekend. Mm. I mean, dude, it was freaking phenomenal. I was so happy to see it. I mean, of course, another Marvel does it again. I mean, that's really all we can say. Marvel does it again. It was so epic. Um, And I mean, if you did not watch WandaVision, you need to watch WandaVision before getting into this. You will be lost. Um, It's just, it was an amazing film. And what they're setting up, I think, is just going to be badass. Agreed. And yeah, wholeheartedly, Logan is right. If you didn't watch WandaVision, get on it quick because the whole plot point to this movie is coming off of WandaVision. You might also want to catch Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, not the remake. Uh, It's also a love fest for that movie, of course, Sam Raimi. So uh, it's it's brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. I loved it. Agreed, man. Agreed. It was absolutely amazing. Well, something else that was absolutely amazing this past week was May the 4th, a.k.a. Star Wars Day. Now, Disney Plus released a new trailer for the only one, the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. Uh, The six-part limited series premieres May 27th, which will be the first two episodes. Following the launch, the series will stream weekly Hmm. on Wednesdays until the finale on Wednesday, June 22nd. The trailer Mm. teased the anticipated clash between Obi-Wan and the Lord himself, Darth Vader, uh, providing a glimpse of the iconic Star Wars uh, villain. It was like just teeny tiny seconds. Like (laughs) um, The story in the series begins 10 years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Padawan, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as the evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. I'm so super freaking pumped about this because it shows the elevation of where he has been the past 10 years and Mm. what his mindset is because, you know, Obi-Wan is kind of portrayed as kind of like a younger Yoda in the sense of an all-knowing type of character and is so... Um, I guess immersed in the force, but with this, you can tell that he's he's trying to battle, you know, his decisions whether they're going to be good for the force, good for him, and good for Luke. So there's a lot of interesting things happening. I'm so super excited about it. Will we finally see that face off again? Who knows? I, we'll you see. Know, I always find these shows very interesting too because obviously we know. What happens? Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, A New Hope, 
obviously, Obi-Wan's an old guy, Luke is fine, everything is good. Um, but so to, to be the creatives and have to tell that story and weave that story right. when you already know what happens is 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 got to be like an amazing exactly. thing to try to do. Because so, like even if they battle, one of them can't die. Right. So I mean, it's just like even if there is a defeat, like they're not dead, right. obviously. So it's going to be very interesting. It is. Okay, so now moving on. We know, right, that the Percy Jackson in the Olympian series that's coming and everything, we had found our Percy, right? So the real question was, what about Grover and Annabeth? Well, guess what? The series has indeed found its Grover Underwood and Annabeth Chase. Arian Samardi will star as Grover with Leah Sava Jeffries set to play Annabeth. They'll join previously announced series lead Walker Scoble and will play Percy, of course. Production on Percy Jackson and the Olympians will begin soon in Vancouver. So they're already getting ready to start shooting that bad boy. Yeah, I mean... It- Everything could go to Vancouver after fucking this shit. So who knows, man? Who knows? Stay tuned. Yeah, Canada did say, my boy, my, my the prime minister, he said, hey, we'll give you abortions. Come here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a huge statement. Yeah, man. It's going to be crazy. Uh, well, Light and Magic, a new documentary series that will follow the industrial light and magic division of Lucasfilm, will premiere on Disney Plus mm. July 27th. Lawrence Kasdan directs the series, uh, which will offer a behind-the-scenes look at the celebrated visual effects and virtual production division a sneak peek of the six-part documentary series will also be screened for attendees of the star wars celebration in anaheim california now the series is executive produced by brian grager and the one only ron howard so it's already going to be awesome come on now oh yeah hell yeah i don't think people realize how much industrial lights and magic has is like connected to fucking the very early stages of pixar just like all kinds of shit outside of star wars guys they do all kinds of shit. It's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. For sure. This one, not so good news, and I don't know where I fall on this one. Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Is it true? Is it not true? You don't ever want to say it's not true because you don't want to say that. But I mean, I don't know. I'm talking, of course, about the latest news with Fred Savage. If you haven't heard, he's been terminated as the director and executive producer on ABC's The Wonder Years due to the findings of an investigation about his conduct on set. Now, apparently, multiple employees complained about Savage's behavior while working on the show. The nature of the complaints remains unclear. However, a spokesperson for the Disney-owned 20th Century Television said in a statement, quote, recently we were made aware of allegations of inappropriate conduct by Fred Savage and his policy an investigation was launched. Upon its completion, the decision was made to terminate his employment as an executive producer and director of The Wonder Years. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, if you go back and read the article, I mean, there are different instances where they could possibly have happened as a kid, but it looked like there were some that happened on other sets and things like that. So it's ah, it's also going to be a developing story that we're going to stay on top of because, I mean, the Savages, I feel like they were Disney's golden child there for both of them were there for a while. So, I mean, Ben talk to your brother man come on what's going on yeah i mean is it true and the the fact that there's no word on what behavior it was they're just like you know they can't because normally
rarely these stories they come right out and say what happened. Yeah. It was an inappropriate joke or somebody touched somebody or what. The fact that they're not saying what the behavior was makes it even more shady. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, it also, like, on the flip side of that, it's shady for me that his brother hasn't come out in defense of him. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Gonna have to keep following Exactly. This one. Exactly. But I love the fucking show. Yeah. I hope it doesn't affect the show because it's yeah. a great show. It so. is. It is. Well, William Fincher has been cast in the ABC's upcoming drama pilot, The Company You Keep. Now, get this. Where? What is Milo doing after This Is Us? Well, he's coming to this thing. The pilot follows a con man, Charlie, who's going to be played by Milo, an undercover and an undercover CIA officer, Emma, played by Catherine Hina Kim, mm. uh, who are unknowingly on a professional collision course while Charlie ramps up the family business so he can get out for good, Emma is closing in on the criminal who holds Charlie's family debts in their hands. Mm. Um, Fitcher uh, is set to star as Leo, a still worker turned con man. Leo, who learned the fine art of misdirecting a long time ago and is a master of the slight hand and specializes in cards, shell games, and pickpocketing. <laughs> he is a proud man who do any for his family yet he soon won't remember his lifetime of regrets now this is in early uh, in the early stage of Alzheimer's Leo is determined to uh, pull off one last big score mm. to make sure his uh, family is financially secure before he loses at all of his different mobilities and different talents I guess you could say so that's that's very interesting that's an yeah. interesting show and I mean Milo, man, I'm going to be honest about it. Besides This Is Us, he hasn't been doing too hot recently. So Yeah, yeah the film career didn't take off the way no. I think he wanted it to and everything. And I mean, you know, the, thing, the, the poor guy, I feel like his problem is, is he gets so strongly typecast as, right? Like, I mean, obviously coming off of Gilmore Girls, everybody had the hardest time letting go of Jess. Now This Is Us, everybody's having the hardest time letting go of Jack. And, you know, that's hard for an actor who gets on such hugely popular shows to overcome. Hopefully this show will do it. I really and, hope and so, he'll man. Be okay. Well, and William Fitchner, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, that's the boyfriend on Mom. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a fantastic actor and has been in all kinds of stuff. So that's going to be a good little uh, show. Hey, not so good news for ABC, though. The ABC dramas Queens and Promised Land, although we're not surprised by this, have both been canceled after one season at ABC. Queens concluded its season on the broadcaster back in February. If you don't remember, the series followed four women in their 40s who reunite for a chance to recapture their fame and regain the swagger that they had in the 90s when they were legends of the hip-hop world. Ah, so yeah, it's kind of like a Girls 5 Eva, yeah. which is doing really well on Peacock, so I just feel yeah, like one of them had to There were a few of these type of shows that came out at the same time, so yeah, you're yeah. right. And uh, let's see, after initially debuting on ABC, Promised Land was moved to Hulu exclusively after just five episodes. Season one concluded in March. That series, if you forgot, followed a Latino family vying for wealth and power in California's Sonoma Valley. Neither one was very interesting, apparently. Yeah, that's the one about the wine orchard or whatever, yeah. wine vineyard. So yep. that one, yeah, that one is interesting. Super pumped about this one. Yes, the Justified Revival at yes. FX is filling out its main cast with the addition of eight new cast members, and along with a returning star Timothy Oflant. Of course. And the series will also star Johnny Ellis, uh, Boyd Holdbrook, uh, Aldenine Clemens, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall, Marlene Ireland, and 
Nobert Leo Brutz, Victor Williams, and Vivian Oplant. Um, production on the series, which picks up uh, with given a, eight years after he had left Kentucky behind um, and began this week in Chicago. Oh, so it's already filming. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Timothy's wife is going to be in it. That's it's interesting. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ed O'Neill. This one sounds interesting, too. If you guys don't remember this uh, true life story, Ed O'Neill is set to play Donald Sterling in the upcoming FX limited series, The Sterling Affairs. Now, O'Neill joins previously announced stars Lawrence Fishburne and Jackie Weaver. The six-episode series tells the behind-the-scenes story of Doc Rivers, yes, that Doc Rivers, played by Lawrence Fishburne, and the Los Angeles Clippers' quest to bring a championship to one of the historically worst franchises in all of sports during the impending downfall of the team's owner, Donald Sterling, who notoriously's racist behavior is brought to the limelight amid the power struggle between his wife of 60-plus years, Shelly Sterling, and his mistress, V. Stevano. So, um, yeah, that I remember that, and it was ugly, and um, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. caused some massive controversy, especially around, like, when the Clippers were actually doing pretty well, when they had, like, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and uh, J.J. Redick, a couple others. Yep. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this will all move forward, and if they will do kind of like a winning type type of thing, winning time type of thing, where they bring in actors to play these real-life people. And will it sort of be fictionalized, or will it be exactly. just a straight account of what actually happened? I don't know, but I think the winning time formula works. So. I agree, I agree. Well, heading over to Fox, Lance Red and Loya Harrier um, are the latest additions to 20th Century Studios' White Men Can't Jump reboot. They are set to star alongside previously announced cast members uh, Jack Harlow and Shaniqua Hayat-Walls. The film will offer a new take on the Ron Shelton's 1992 sports comedy, which saw black and white basketball player Hustlers join forces to double their chances of winning big money Mm -hmm. on the street courts and in a basketball tournament. Harlow is stepping into the role of the organi- or the uh, Woody Harrelson character, uh, with Walls taking on the Wesley Snipes character, and Reddick playing Beijing Allen, the father of Walls. Uh, character Kumal uh, Benji is or Benji is living uh, with MS and has been Kamal's coach and support system since a very young age. Details with uh, regarding to the character that Taylor and Harry are playing have not been disclosed yet. They are being kept under those uh, quesadilla wraps. Yeah, so. I like that story of, of bringing in the character with MS, though. That's a little bit different. And uh, that one was a huge hit back in the day. You know, that's one of those great examples of a movie that didn't cost a whole lot of money to make and yet surprised everybody at the box office. So yeah. I think they're no doubt yeah. hoping it'll do that again. Yeah, for sure. Fun fact, even though I love basketball, and love basketball movies. I've never seen White Man Can't Oh Jump. my gosh, yeah, you definitely have to see it. The yeah. originals, Woody and Wesley are fantastic. Yeah. Rosie Perez is Woody's girlfriend and yeah. she fucking just slays it in that movie. It's a great film. You yeah. gotta definitely watch it. Uh, okay, jumping over to Warner Brothers Discovery, which I still hate the fucking name. Warner Brothers Executive Vice President and top legal boss John Rogovin has resigned his post. Now, Rogovin was general counsel for the former Warner Media Studios and Networks Group which, of course, encompassed units like Warner Brothers Pictures and Warner Brothers Television. Now, it's not immediately clear who in the newly merged structure will absorb Rogovin's portfolio. He will remain in place, however, for the transitional period. Now, if Rogovin's name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because he's the man behind rescuing the film group from an agonizing rights battle over the character of Superman brought on by comic co-creator Joe Schuster's family. The loss of the case would have dramatically impacted DC Entertainment's film and TV projects throughout the years. 
If you guys don't remember one, that's the copyright thing where they challenged that because a new law went into, a copyright law went into effect to where the families could take away the copyright, reclaim the copyright after a certain amount of time. Um, but the, the courts ruled that they could not do that, that they didn't have the right to that. Um, so... You know, because that, yeah, that would have been the end of Superman films and television without Schuster's control. Yeah. And that would have been huge. It would have been wild. And guys, after an intense bidding war, Warner Brothers has taken Jason Momoa's project, tentatively titled The Executioner, um, mm. off the table. The project, uh, which is storyline under wraps, uh, is from the Eternal Scribes Kaz and Ryan Afripo. And is being billed as a funny action murder mystery in the spirit of Knives Out meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. Um, no director has been attached as of yet. Uh, but, you know, Warner Brothers likes to keep the same people involved at their studio. Yeah. So this only makes sense with Aquaman coming in. I mean, Momoa in anything that's described as Knives Out meets Lord of the Rings sounds yeah. funny as shit. So, all right. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago we told you that James Gunn was talking about another spinoff from Suicide Squad, potentially for HBO Max, but we didn't have any details. We didn't know what he was doing. Who's it going to be? What's it going to Well, now we know, guys. Viola Davis's Amanda Waller is the latest DC Comics character getting the small screen treatment. HBO Max is indeed developing a Peacemaker and Suicide Squad spinoff series featuring the supervillain or anti-hero, however you'd like to see her, with Davis in talks to star in an executive produce. Now, Watchmen writer Crystal Henry will write and executive produce the series along with the man himself, James Gunn. That sounds exciting to me. It's very exciting, man. I mean, just what he's able to do over there with the DC Universe, I think is absolutely amazing. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere, and I think that Warner Brothers should just give James James Gunn, the DC Universe, and I think it would be badass. Does he want to be a suit? That's the question. That's Cause the he, question. He should be the guy running DC films. He yeah. should be. But if he doesn't want to be a suit and he just wants to be a creative, then it wouldn't work. But exactly. I, mean, I agree with you. I think he's the right guy. For sure. Something I'm really excited about, HBO finally revealed a the House of the Dragon teaser trailer Ooh. and nine character posters featuring the leads of the Game of Thrones prequel series uh, set 200 years before the events of the original Game of Thrones. The new series premiered August 21st, that's not that far away, no. tells the story of House Targaryen. HBO spent just under $20 million per episode, not the whole series, Ooh. per episode to produce this fucking thing. And it's going to be 10 episodes the first season. So, fuck, let, what's the math on that? So, just under a quarter of a billion dollars Ooh. for one season. That's crazy. Ooh. Now, that's banking on the popularity of, of I just, I don't fuck. know. I really you hope know. it's good. I hope so, too, because that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, seriously. Um, Minx apparently has been renewed for season two at HBO Max. Also, the first season of the comedy series began airing back in March and concluded on Moi's birthday, April 14th. HBO Max released two episodes of the half-hour show per week. Now, if you don't remember, Minx is set in the 1970s Los Angeles and centers around Joyce, a young feminist who joins forces with a low-rent publisher to create the first erotic magazine for women. That's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You're getting a second season. Exactly. People like the porn. <laughs> right. 
for sure. Uh, a lot of people are wondering about this one going over to Paramount. Uh, the Equalizer, we were telling you, it was kind of left in limbo, but it has been renewed for the uh, third and fourth season oh. at CBS. So that's kind of surprising to me. Um, per CBS, The Equalizer is averaging about 9.5 million viewers per episode. It is the latest CBS scripted series to get a renewal, joining the previously announced shows like Ghost, NCIS, NCIS Hawaii, NCIS Los Angeles, Blue Buds, Bloods, um, The Neighborhood, SWAT, and Young Sheldon, of course. So FBI series is still conspicuously missing from that yeah, list. You know, know. You know. Don't piss off Dick Wolf. He's going to be saying. mad. <laughs> Paramount Plus dropped a first look image of Sly in Tulsa King as his mob boss character, Dwight. Tulsa King. Tulsa King is the latest series from Paramount, Golden Boy, Taylor Sheridan, of course. It marks Stallone's first major lead in a television series, having guest starred on a number of classic shows way back in the day, such as Police Story and Kojak back in the 70s, and more recently, of course, uh, on, on This Is Us, uh, as Justin Hartley, you know, uh, as character's co-star. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be interesting. I'll be playing a gangster. I mean, that's going to be pretty I cool. think it only makes sense. I mean, with the, if you go back and watch the the first Rocky, I mean, he was that enforcer character, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm well, excited the to see it. Flatbush before Rocky. Yeah. A lot of people don't even remember that one with mm-hmm. like Henry Winkler and stuff, but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah he's going to be great. I think so too. But well, guys, the return of Yo MTV Raps um, is now has a premiere date. Uh, the <laughs> reimagined global version of the MTV hip hop series will premiere on Paramount Plus on Tuesday, May 24th, two days after my birthday. Mm. The streamer announced Monday um, the it's going to be produced by MTV Entertainment Studios, obviously. Yo! MTV Raps is a comprehensive deep dive into the current state of hip-hop. Yo! MTV Raps was created by Peter Duggery and Ted Demini um, and launched back in 1988. Shit, it's that old? Oh, uh, yeah. Originally hosted by the Fab Five Freddy and later by Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. The series ran until 1995 with a new iteration of the show will be hosted uh, segments and uh, conceded and from uh, Conceda and DJ Diamond Coots. Uh, live performances, ciphers, and live uh, lifestyle content will be provided by this Ooh. thing. So that's very interesting. Lifestyle content. What, I'm, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. Like, exactly. Okay. This one, yeah, I guess because the movie did okay. I, I just, I don't understand this one. Jackass is apparently also heading back to the small screen with a new series from the original creators in the works of Paramount+. Plus. Now, if you guys remember, the original Jackass series was a sensation on MTV that led to a few movies. Uh, it ran for three mini seasons from 2000 to 2001. I just, I think this is over. Can we just move on from this? Uh, it's, it's over, and like they can't do what they were doing in the movies on TV ever yeah. again. So yeah. I just feel like there's so many kind of shows like this, like Ridiculousness, and you had like Tosh.0 that you can still watch and go back. And like, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of similar content that I just don't think it's gonna last long. I agree. Um, but Johnny Knoxville is a man of, of a fucking legend, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, NBC's Universal Louis Lederer um, is set to take over the reins of the director's chair of Fast X from Justin Lin. The decision mm-hmm. comes less than a week after Lin's surprise departure from the helm of the tenth installment in the main Fast and Furious movie franchise. Now, uh, Louis, who beat out numerous of candidates for the job per sources is universal pictures first choice 
choice. And schedules to um, and schedules are being hammered out as we speak. But you know, with both of them wanting to do it, I feel like it only makes sense that it's going to happen. But still, they already started this thing, so they're going to need to get back on schedule so that they don't have to push this thing back. So we'll see. I'm just saying he's the director behind the least successful MCU movie, The Incredible Hulk. I'm just saying just we'll saying. see how he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Banks' next movie as a director, Cocaine Bear, will be hitting theaters on February 24th, 2023. Yep, it's finally got that release date. The film stars Carrie Russell and Margot Martindale, obviously from both from the Americans, Ray Liotta, Alden... Heinrich from Young Han Solo, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. That's a hell of a cast. Cooking Bear is inspired by the true story of drug runners' 1985 plane crash, missing cocaine, and the black bear that ate that shit. The movie finds an oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converging in a Georgia forest where a 500-pound apex predator has ingested a staggering amount of cocaine and gone on a coke-fueled rampage for more blow and blood. Wild, yeah. man. We told you guys about this one a while ago. They haven't really been talking about it a lot, but it's just such an interesting concept. And the fact that it's like, a true story is yeah, insane. Like, a, a coked-out bear eating people is, like, fucking crazy. Yeah, for just- sure. <laughs> it reminds me of a whole bunch of, like... It kind of reminds me of Be Cool. You remember that one back in yeah, the day? John yeah. Travolta, The Rock, and a whole bunch of other people where there's like a whole bunch of different storylines happening <laughs> and then they like all combine at once. Um, so yeah, that one's going to be very interesting. Uh, Peacock has announced three original films from Universal Pictures to premiere on the service in 2023. Oh. Shooting Stars that hails from LeBron James and Maverick Carter's Spring Hill Company. The film follows LeBron's origin story in high school uh, as a basketball player and is currently being filmed in his hometown of Akron. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, next up is Will Packer's Praise This, now starring Chloe Bailey uh, as the newest member of a community church choir who pushes her members to be uh, in a hipper musical hmm. direction and whose involvement with an reinventing uh, hip-hop star that may be kicking off or jeopardizing her own musical career. So that yeah. one's going to be interesting. And finally, John Wu, um, who uh, or will reimagine and direct his 1989 action thriller, The Killer, the film which stars uh, Chow Yun-fat, uh, Danny Lee, and Salier, was used major intro into Hollywood and has strongly influenced many directors in the field, including Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, and Johnny Too. So those are a lot of badasses, so we'll see how this is uh, reimagined, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting to reimagine your own film. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like you're basically... Like, let me go back. Yeah, hey, I'm a little bit more experienced now. I can earn a little bit more money now. Let me do this again right. the right way. Like, well, imagine like, like Steven Spielberg redoing E.T. Like it was, or Jaws. Yeah. Or like, Jaws with money now instead of that big mechanical looking. Wow, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Hey, maybe somebody should do that. Yeah. Uh, NBC's Quantum Leap pilot that we've previously told you about has been officially ordered to series. A sequel to the NBC series of the same name, of course, that ran from 1989 to 93. Quantum Leap will center on Dr. Ben Song, a new character played by Raymond Lee who's described as a world-renowned physicist and a man of faith. 30 years after Dr. Sam Beckett, of course played by Sam Bakula in the original series, step 
stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished, a new team has been assembled to restart the project in hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it, and maybe finding him. Maybe Scott Bakula will have an appearance on it. Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows? But are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? What? No. Well, it's finally happening, guys. Selena Gomez will make her Saturday Night Live hosting debut on May 14th, along with rapper Post Malone as a musical guest. That's going to be a good show. Oh, yeah. In addition to the live broadcast on NBC, Saturday Night Live will stream on the remainder of the season live on Peacock, of course, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 8.30 p.m. Pacific Time. You can stream every season of Saturday Night Live right now on the Peacock, which is very exciting because you can go back to the classics like with Chevy Chase and John Belushi and all of the amazing people. So, I mean, go I wonder what's behind the decision to air it live on NBC and on the Peacock at the same time for the rest of the season. I don't know. It's a a great, great thing. I mean, (laughs) yeah. yeah, I I just, I mean, is that an attempt to try to boost the Peacock subscribers? I don't don't know. I'm guessing. Oh, hey, this one I'm not sad about at all. It should have never been done in the first place. The Saved by the Bell revival at Peacock has apparently been canceled. The show aired two seasons at the streamer with the most recent one debuting in November of 2021. The first season premiered in November of 2020, Peacock does not release viewership information, so there's no telling how the show was actually performing for the streamer during its run. However, it did receive mostly positive reviews from critics who praised the show's young cast members. But from fans, they fucking hated it because it's not the original. You should have never fucking touched it. Exactly. You really shouldn't have. And (laughs) We've been talking about this since day one. We're so happy this is gone. (laughs) Uh, Bye-bye. But I'm just like, there was uh, the whole thing with the Selena Gomez joke. I think that's what it was and that got kind of like taken off Mm. Um, a lot there was like some controversy and different type of stuff so I'm not I'm not sad no I'm not but I give kudos and props to Peacock for giving it more than one season because we cannot give that to Netflix Netflix is canceling shit left and right before it even gets started yeah exactly (laughs) so kudos to them now speaking of Netflix they have quietly dropped Pearl uh, with a working title of an animated series that has been created by Meghan Markle uh, through Archibald Productions. Now the shingle, the Duchess of Sussex, and the the one and only Prince Harry set up at Netflix in the fall of 2020 created the scripted series, docu-series, documentary series featuring the children and children's programming. Pearl was to be Archibald's first animated series. Like I said, they dropped this thing. They didn't even give it a chance. How are you going to deny a royal, okay? I mean, Especially a Hollywood royal. You, I mean, seriously, they spent all that money to sign them to the deal yeah. to bring the royals over there, and then you're going to like cancel their first project before it even fucking starts? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you right now what it is. Netflix is in money trouble. Yeah, they're, they 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 are that all that spending, all that borrowing to spend that they did over all those years is finally fucking catching up to them. The debts are due, and they don't have shit, and now they're in trouble. Apple should just buy Netflix. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, Jeff Daniels, I love Jeff Daniels, is set to play the lead role in the upcoming Netflix drama series A Man in Full. The series is based on the Tom Wolfe novel of the same name. Uh, now, uh, it has apparently received a straight-to-series order at the streamer uh, back in November of 2021. The show hails from the legend himself in television, David E. Kelly, with Miss Regina King on board to direct and executive produce. In the series, Atlanta real estate mogul Charlie Croker, of course played by Daniels, faces sudden bankruptcy. 
Political and business interests collide as Croker defends his empire from those attempting to capitalize on his fall from grace. Croker is further described as polarizing and robust, crude, rude, and irresponsible. So a real estate agent. Yeah, like, I mean, basically, basically, I mean, in Atlanta. I mean, come on. That only makes sense, but that, sound, that sounds good. That sounds fun. Yeah, no, it so does. I'm Daniels is it. I, I just love everything he's in. So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, speaking of like Netflix's bread and butter that seems to be low costing, Cobra Kai. Less than nine months after the launch of season four, the Cobra Kai crew is heading back to Netflix this September. The series will debut its fifth season, September 9th. In addition to the date announcement, the streamer also released a teaser for the upcoming season. The trailer shows the results of last season, the All-Valley Tournament, which ended with Cobra Kai winning the Mm. competition and Terry Silver taking complete control over the dojo, being uh, beginning its plans to to expand it the teaser also reveals several upcoming plot points for the series including daniel taking drastic measures to take down Ooh. terry and johnny's traveling to mexico with his estranged son robbie to hunt down the missing miguel that's going to be very freaking interesting and i'm going to say it season what was it four that it was probably my least favorite so far yeah, really? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. But I, I do like the fact, though, that they're going to step away from the valley and go you know, away from the tournament a little bit with the whole trying to find Miguel and going to Mexico and everything. I think that's a good idea to step away from just the karate tournament I think so, and uh, show some stuff. Uh, hey, if you're a fan of this show, and I hugely am, I, I just love this show. David Letterman's Emmy-nominated talk show series, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with mm. David Letterman, is finally set to return on May 20th. The fourth season of the Netflix original series will feature six episodes and a new selection of guests get this guys, including Cardi B, Kevin Durant, Billie Eilish, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Ryan Reynolds, and, and Will Smith. Mm. Now I know what you're thinking. David Letterman, Will Smith, one-on-one interview. That's going to be some shit, but Netflix is notably telling everybody and sure to say that all the episodes were filmed prior to the Academy Awards in March of 2022. And that means that there will be no talk of the infamous Will Smith, Chris Rock, Oscar slap that, of course, occurred on March 27th. That sucks. Maybe David Letterman could like just interject some new stuff in there like that would be that's an opportunity. How hard is it to pull him back in, go to the studio and talk about it? I'm sure Will would want to fucking talk about it. Yeah. And I, I also think this is going to be really good because his image did take a massive hit because of this thing um i think this interview coming out and showing who he is and probably talking about his book to be honest because his book also just came out as memoir um it's going to bring a lot of people because he's a good individual overall we're not perfect human beings so i think that it's gonna help a lot look letterman in the in this show and even sometimes on his old talk shows you know the the late night stuff but definitely on this one he is not shy about talking about controversial stuff so i I wouldn't be surprised at all if he brings up some of will's past stuff yeah the slap on the on the red carpet at that one premiere film premiere whatever he's i like how he does that and gives them the opportunity to talk about they're not perfect and why you know so i i I think you're right 
I think this could go a decent way in helping revitalize his image a little bit. Agreed, you know? man. Agreed. Well, um, heading yeah. over to Amazon, uh, <laughs> Emmy-winning Succession star Jeremy Strong is set to headline and executive produce a limited series about Boeing's controversial 737 MAX planes, which have been fucking crashing like crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the untitled project, which is now in early development at Amazon Studios, hails from Oscar-winning Argo screenwriter Chris Terrio and Plan B. We love Plan B. Mm -hmm. And the fictional series, which is described as an explanation of the events surrounding the Bowie 737 Max, which was grounded worldwide in 2019 following the jet crashes in Indonesia. Uh, Now, that one is Lion Air Flight uh, 610 in Ethiopia, which is the Ethiopian Airlines Flight uh, 302, killing all 346 people on board. Yeah, that was some crazy shit. If y'all don't remember that, it was a malfunction with the autopilot, and apparently a couple of the people within the company knew about the shit and let it proceed anyway without grounding the planes, hence the lawsuit to which they did lose and had to pay a shit ton of fucking money, so that's gonna be an interesting series for sure. Oh, man. Um, Kate Walsh, you know her, you love her, Grey's Anatomy, Kate Walsh, old Addison, has joined the cast of Sprung, an upcoming original comedy series from Emmy-winning writer Greg Garcia. Now, Sprung follows a focus group of formerly incarcerated people who decide to use their criminal expertise for good. Walsh will play a congresswoman, Paula Tackleberry, who is targeted by the group for using insider trading secrets to sell millions of dollars in stocks while assuming the public, uh, oh, while assuring the public that the COVID-19 pandemic is nothing to worry about. Mm. Mm, That sounds like a true story, although it's fictional. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I do know some people that sold off some drug stocks and made a shit ton of money with COVID. Oh man, that one, yeah, that's gonna be very freaking. It's the, it's great that it's criminals that are now good guys t- yeah. targeting people. That's funny. Agreed. Uh, well, Titus Wilvers, ex cops Harry Bosch, will be returning to crack more cases on Amazon Freebie. Uh, Amazon Freebie, formerly IMDb TV, announced the pickup of season two of Bosch Legacy ahead of its May six premiere. I just don't I, understand this one. Why didn't you just continue, continue Bosch? Continue Bosch. Why, um, why, why do a new Bosch series, which is just a continuation of Bosch, yeah. and call it a new name? I just don't understand that. Yeah, I, exactly. It's like we get it. Your daughter is also now a cop. That's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm more mad about the change of the name from IMDb TV to, to Freebie. Yeah, this is That's weird. awful. That's like that's as bad as peacock that yeah it's literally on the same level if not worse than peacock (laughs) i'm just saying Uh, three new reality shows the one that got away forever summer hamptons and cosmic love will premiere this summer on amazon prime now the one that got away which will premiere all 10 episodes on june 24th is hosted by singer-songwriter betty who No, Betty Who, that's her name. That's her name. The experimental dating series follows six single people in search of their soulmate. One by one, each of them will get the chance to explore a lifetime of missed connections by entering through the portal. portal. What the fuck? Is it a multiverse show? Like, what's going on here? Come on. Now, Forever Summer. Hamptons follows a group of college kids from wildly different backgrounds who work at a seaside restaurant in the Hamptons. But... 
By night, the group takes on the town and explores love as they chase the perfect summer. Mm. All eight episodes of that one will premiere in July. And finally, Cosmic Love will follow four individuals as they attempt to find their perfect spouse through astrological matchmaking. Now, we have recently kind of come into this. Uh, and we find it fascinating and interesting. The show takes place at a retreat run by the Astro Chamber, a mystical guide voiced by Cree Summer. Oh, okay. Uh, best-selling authors Ophira and Tyle Idut, who are also known as the Astro Twins, will also guide the singles throughout the season. No premiere date for that one yet, but um, okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I feel like every streamer and every network has one of these type reality shows, and it's just like... Why? <laughs> For someone like us who loves like really good content, like I just find it so interesting for. I guess, quote unquote, normal people, I guess, that just love reality TV. I might tune in for the astral thing just <laughs> because, like, you know, how does it work? So goofy. It, do you guys believe in astrology? Is there like a, are you all in or all out or like, what? it's going to be, a, leave your comments. It's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, know. for sure. <laughs> uh, heading over to Apple. Apple has announced that Will Smith's film, Emancipation, which was originally expected to drop on the Fall Festival circuit later this year uh is planning to delay mm. the film to sometime in 2023 while apple has not shared the official release date yet the source uh familiar with the situation said it is the unspoken truth uh, that the action drama will not hit the platform in 2022 however the same source also revealed that uh, there have been ongoing internal discussions between Apple executives <laughs> and the filmmakers on how to release in the fall could move forward, but it seems highly unlikely. Uh, man, you got to think about your actions before you do shit. Like, I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying <laughs> uh, but clearly one person inside Apple thinks they should still release it this fall. Yeah. The majority apparently do not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, okay, so we found out William Fincher, boyfriend of mom, where he's going, right? But where's mom going? Well, now we know. Allison Janney herself has been cast as Evelyn in Mrs. American Pie, Apple TV's upcoming comedy series starring Kristen Wiig with Laura Dern as executive producer and eyeing a key role herself. Evelyn is described as a full-time Palm Beach resident and member of a high society that Maxine Simmons, played by Kristen Wiig, attempts to secure her place in. Now, set in the powder keg era of the early 70s, the series will uh, follow Maxine as she navigates the line between the haves and have-nots. The series focuses on questions of who gets a seat at the table and what people will sacrifice in order to get there. Mm. Um, boy, a lot of 70s resurgent shows coming up, right? That's like, what it freaking seems like, man. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, Apple is also developing a series version of the prince of tides the series would make a remake uh the series would be a remake of the 1991 film of the same name uh which was itself an adaptation of the 1986 novel by pat conroy like the film the series would follow tom wingo as he travels to new york after his sister attempts uh suicide while there he develops a relationship with his sister's therapist that's kind of weird uh, Susan Lonestein uh, also is delving into the painful memories of his childhood. Sources say that the scripts are being kept com uh, for the completed, are are still being completed for the series. There we go. I'm just saying. <laughs> there, uh, Apple needs to just make Catcher in the Rye. Just make Catcher in the Rye. Somebody needs to make this movie. 
I'm surprised it's never been made. Like, I, I mean, honestly, to be honest, that, yeah, hey, you know, yeah. but they are making something, uh, an original, not a remake of another old movie. Uh, Louis Partridge has joined the cast of the upcoming Apple psychological thriller series, Disclaimer. Partridge joins previously announced series leads Kate Blanchett and Kevin Kline, two awesome actors themselves. Facts. Disclaimer fouls Catherine Rosencroft, played by Kate Blanchett, a successful and respected television documentary journalist whose work has been built on revealing the concealed transgressions of long-respected institutions. But when an intriguing novel written by a widower, played by Kevin Klein, appears on her bedside table, she is horrified to realize that she is a key character in the story that she had hoped was long buried in her past. Mm. Partridge will play Jonathan Brigstock, a teen teenager on his gap year traveling through Italy who allows himself to give in to his deeper desires with unexpected consequences. Now, does this teenager have an affair with said journalist right. and that's the thing she was hoping was buried that comes out in this book? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's, uh-oh. <laughs> that's interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. hands off that one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, guys, that is our industry news segment. Man, oh, man, that was so much fun. There's a lot going down in Hollywood. And, of course, we'd be remiss without kind of sort of mentioning the Dave Chappelle thing. We would just want to gather more information on that. Maybe we'll post about that on a story or something on social media. Um, that's just kind of a fucked up situation. It's scary to be an entertainer right now, basically. Yeah, and uh, if you are a performer on stage, be it a comedy show or like a theater production or whatever, be careful. Because, uh, you know, this is crazy. All of a sudden, everybody thinks it's okay to just jump up and attack, and it's not. So uh, where thoughts are with you guys, uh, stay safe, be careful, and keep doing what you do. Exactly, man, exactly. Well, now heading over to the top five segment. This week, it is top five snacks slash munchies, anything that you know your stomach's a little empty, you don't want to have a whole meal. So let's freaking grab now, something from the kitchen. Now, I just want to clarify, because I just want to, like, like, snacks or munchies. I feel like snacks is just when you you want a snack. You're, you're feeling yeah, a little yeah. hungry. You need yeah, something sure. a little before a meal or whatever. Munchies. You may or may not be under some sort of influence. Yeah, That's you, a- you need to soak something up. You need to, <laughs> like, you just have an empty stomach for some sort of reason. And you're just like, no, no. I'll eat anything and everything. Like, I'm not a fan of Supreme Pizza, but man. Sometimes I'm a fan of Supreme Pizza, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, we've all had the munchies. (laughs) We've all had the munchies. I'm just saying. Okay. But man, oh man, (laughs) uh, we have some interesting choices. Uh, You might judge us both for some stuff. Um, (laughs) I know where you're going. uh, I know where you're going. For me, number five is saltine cracker peanut butter and jellies. I will make little peanut butter and jellies out of a nice big saltine cracker, and it's fucking delicious. It's a nice little snack. You make three or four of them bitches, you're good for like two hours. <laughs> so there it is. That's a that's a childhood one for yeah. sure. My mom used to make those. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm down. I like saltines, and I like PB&J. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, Sounds yeah. good. Uh, my number five is the classic sandwich cookie. Oreos. For sure. I like all incarnations of the Oreos, whether it's the chocolate with the white cream or the vanilla with the chocolate cream or the flavored creams, whether they're the double stuff, whether they're the thin, whatever it is, I'm a fan of Oreos. Now, how do you guys eat them? Because I always do. I break them apart and I eat the frosting off the one side and then eat the both the way for cookies. Like that's how I eat them. Don't judge me. I just love them. Uh, (laughs) Number five. Oreos. Yeah, for sure. Oreos. Man, for sure. Uh, number four for me goes to chicken. 
chicken biscuits. Um, I'm not sure a lot of people even know what chicken I biscuits are. I love fucking chicken biscuits. I mean, something about that flavor that they have on the fucking It's like cracker. they poured chicken soup on that like, shit and let it dry it's on. So right? good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so salty, but it's that salty goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Chicken biscuits. I just found them again recently. Like They were kind of like a childhood thing, but then like... Took a nice little gap, but then found them again recently at the grocery store. I'm like, shit. So, yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Uh, my number four has come now with my new eating habits and my diet and getting back in shape and doing all the right things. Uh, it's Wheat Thins. And they're really fucking good. The original, just the plain wheat thins, but they've also got like flavors. My favorite is tomato and basil. Oh my gosh. Mm, so good. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying them. They're a good snack. Uh, 14 to 15 is the proper serving size. If anybody out there needs to know, it's, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it fills you up pretty good. Uh, wheat thins, guys. <laughs> Do some wheat thins. For sure, man. For sure. <laughs> Uh, number three goes to chips and salsa. I yeah, like man. having a nice tortilla chip and just dipping it in some salsa. Mild though. I'm I'm northern. Okay, I'm a Yankee. I can't do that spicy mm, shit. Seven layer and dip. Seven mm. layer dips. Fucking delicious. Oh too. my god. Or like uh, that's what. Yeah, you just dump any chip in that <laughs> shit. A mm. newfound development. Uh, uh, spinach dip. Uh, I think that is fucking really delicious. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but any any like chips and dippage situation i think that's where it's at to be yeah yeah okay my number three i get made fun of all the time because nobody else in the fucking existence of anywhere around me likes it but i fucking love it uh popcorn fucking popcorn it's a great low fat not too filling snack that does the job. I mean, just whether it's unsalted, plain, whether it's buttered, whether it's caramel corn, just like, you know, some Cracker Jacks and shit, get your little prize, whatever. Popcorn. It's fucking great. It's the best movie snack. I'm just saying. <laughs> get a little, little <laughs> prize. Like, all right. What, what prize are we talking about? We're talking about munchies. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> number two for me goes to Cheez-Its. Ooh. Just original Cheez-Its. That is the bomb diggity. Um, yeah, just something about it. We love cheese. We love cheese a lot. We love cheese a lot. Um, so to put that in cracker form, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> I'm just saying that's where it's at. It's both cheese and crackers. And crackers. <laughs> that's like shit. Just, yeah, eat them plain. That's it. Cheese it. All right. Now, Here, here's the, now, judgment. here's the one. Here's, here's the, the judgment. Yeah, now, don't judge me unless you've tried this. And if you haven't tried it, Trust me, it is the combination of two cheeses, one healthy, one not so healthy, but when put together makes a fucking great munchie. That's how I first discovered it. I'm not even going to lie, but it may have been accidental. I don't know, but it's a fucking delicious snack. I am talking about nacho cheese Doritos. Now you can't do it with Cool Ranch or taco and all that shit. It's got to be nacho cheese Doritos with cottage cheese. Yeah, you just dip the nacho cheese Dorito into the cottage cheese and fucking eat it. It's Uh. fucking delicious. Nacho cheese Doritos and cottage cheese. Now, bring the comments, but don't give me comments until you've tried it. If you have tried it and you hate it, fine. But I'm betting the majority of you, if you try it, will go, damn, the mouth's right. That's fucking good. I'm just saying. You're welcome. (laughs) 
You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so fucking funny. Um, number one for me is my all-time favorite movie snack. It's my all-time favorite, just you know, sitting around the house if I have any, because I mean, you can barely find these bitches anymore. That's true. Um, Twizzlers, I love Twizzlers. Licorice is highly underrated, and not a lot of people like licorice, but. Maybe I got an old soul. I don't know, but I fucking love just classic Twizzlers. That's where it's at. I fucking love Twizzlers, and so I like good. the black ones. I like black licorice. That's so like one good. of my black jelly beans, which, by the way, now transitioning is my number one. It's my anti-wheat thins. It's jelly beans, my all-time favorite snack ever. Do not have them around me because they will disappear. Gone. I cannot have jelly beans anywhere in my vicinity without polishing off the fucking bag or bowl or whatever they're in. Um, God. God, it's so bad, y'all. It's so bad, oh. especially the black ones. Oh, I could eat a whole fucking bowl of black jelly beans and never like regret it. Um, it's just it's been my favorite for as long as back as I can remember. And uh, shit, man, Easter is like my favorite fucking <laughs> holiday. Just like pour them jelly beans oh. everywhere. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so freaking funny. Uh, well, now it's time for the box office recap. And man, oh man, there was a lot of fucking shit happening this week. Um, of course, this is all going to get dethroned by Doctor Strange. Oh, of course. Um, number one was The Bad Guys. That came in with $6.2 million. 16.2 million. $16.2 million. Uh, number two was Sonic the Hedgehog with $11.5 million. Number three was Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Nor with 8.3 million. Uh, number four was The Northman with 6.4 million. Number five was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, take that with what you will. I've heard that The Bad Guys is actually pretty good, though. It's I an heard an, too. Yeah, it's an animated film if you guys haven't heard mm -hmm. about it. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've actually, like, I've heard fans and critics, like, really love this one. So yeah. I'm excited to check that one out. For sure. And, of course, the only new movie that is coming out that matters this week <laughs> is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Please check it out. There are other Avengers in there that are obvious and new Avengers, a.k.a. Mm. new Illuminati. That's kind of not a spoiler because it was in the trailer. Yeah, but who is in the Illuminati? Is it the comic book version? Is it different? Man, so excited for everybody to see this thing. It's so good. It is. Um, and movies you can still go see right now are the unbearable massive, are the unbearable weight of massive talent, the lost city, memory, father do and Morbius. Hmm. Uh, IMDb Pro's top trending segment. The number one movie is still The Batman. Hell yeah. I feel like a lot of people are watching it and they still are talking about it because it's on HBO Max and just killing it. I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. And the top trending show is Moon Knight, which makes sense. I have yet to watch the season finale. Oh my gosh. Um, so I gotta, gotta catch uh, up right there. May or may not be another superhero introduced uh, in that one. Fuck my life. Um, and the top trending star is is Amber Heard. She shit in his bed. That's all you gotta She's say. She's on the stand crying now and doing all her very... It's probably her best acting that I've ever seen her do. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. I, it's, I don't uh, know. I wasn't yeah. there. I don't know what's true or isn't true. Yeah. I just think this whole thing is a fiasco and maybe they both need some serious help. I, I think I think so. Um, <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'm leaning more Team Johnny, but you I know... I am too, but I, I feel think, like he needs some help I too. I think it was a toxic relationship that probably shouldn't have been together, so... 
Yeah, there's that. Um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 193 of Inside the Woo! Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank ourselves one more time for just <laughs> fucking powering through. We got to thank our system for powering through because fuck technology sometimes. Um, and of course, are we the unbearable weight of massive talent? We really might. I be. didn't know they made a film about it. Uh, shit. <laughs> I, I didn't sign a letter. Consent. I knew. What? Come on. Is it fictionalized? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. And where's my check? Okay. <laughs> I am just saying. I'm out here putting all this work in. Um, be Not sure to, to mention, follow it's us. It's kind of mean. I've lost so much weight. It can't be unbearable mass. I know. Like, they're kind on. of assholes. I mean, seriously. Um, be sure to follow the company and social or in the podcast on social media. That <laughs> crazy ant median at uh, itcat podcast and uh, Twitter and Instagram for both of those. And you can also follow our TikTok talk for the podcast yes at it gap podcast you can also follow us both personally on social media myself at jlo fantastic and at crazy ant guy 1970 yes sir and you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher and so much more and if you're watching this video on youtube we appreciate you be sure to like the video subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of crazy ant media and be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We're looking into some new stuff. We're looking, summertime is right around the corner. Maybe we get some freaking swimwear. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot going on, man. We're super excited about it. We're super excited for you guys to just experience this stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, just every week. I, I want some Crazy Ant jams. For sure. You remember board shorts. Back in the 80s, we called them jams, but some crazy ant board shorts would be badass for the summer. Bright ass, loud crazy ant board shorts. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea even what board shorts are. What are board shorts? They're the long. Educate the like, young people. The, the long down to your knees, like uh, swim trunks. Okay. Yeah, board shorts. Okay. Surf, surfers used to wear them back okay. in the 80s, yeah, but yeah, yeah board yeah. shorts, yeah. but called jams. I gotcha. That I gotcha. Usually back in the 80s with like large mm. floral prints with bright ass color. They're perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, for You'd sure. You'd be fucking killing the jams. Like, I'm <laughs> uh, just saying. But. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, this show was very entertaining, of course, teasing a little bit of what happened with Doctor Strange, but honestly, the most surprising thing to me throughout the whole show the Meghan Markle shit with Netflix and they didn't want that that media backlash for not putting on a fucking royal TV show so that I feel like is a very dumb decision by Netflix so that was the most fucked up thing in the show yeah I, I just you regardless of how you feel about Meghan Markle or yeah, the royals whatever. or anything but like, I think it's a dumb business decision to spend a shit ton of money to secure somebody and then not do their shit yeah makes <laughs> no sense I mean what the fuck was that like, like I mean you know in I don't know, man. Just Reed and Ted seem to be firing on the wrong cylinders lately. And, uh, yeah. you know, can they fix it and turn that shit around? I, too, of course, obviously fucking Doctor Strange, y'all. As a huge Evil Dead fan and a Sam Raimi fan, and then, of course, obviously the comic book geek that I am and, and Marvel and all, this movie's fucking epic. It's got everything you could possibly love and then all kinds of new twists and stuff that you don't even think that you would love, but you love. Um, it's just fucking epic. And will somebody please give fucking Lizzie Olsen a fucking Oscar or Emmy? She should have won an Emmy for WandaVision. She should be nominated for sure. 
sure for fucking Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because she fucking steals the film, y'all. Um, she's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, with their horror aspects, I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror film. It's definitely a new take on a Marvel film mm-hmm. that adds the horror elements. I felt like they really did a good job. No with jump all scares, that. though. They, 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 I, at least I didn't think so. I didn't jump. Not I a mean, single time. There's a few times where I guess they could consider them jump scares because the music starts playing and then pop up um whoever it is but overall i think they did a really good job oh honest. i i mean clearly it's gonna make a shit ton of money exactly <laughs> exactly but i mean speaking of money the person who literally shits money and who has all the money in the world and who should buy netflix she should just buy and netflix. she should do megan markle's show she really they're friends should. they exactly. should she should totally do it complete sense the one the only oprah, oprah.